This is a Rooster Teeth production. Welcome to an exciting Between the Tales Between episode the tales. of Tales from the Stinky Dragon. <laughs> are we are we like disc jockeys now? Yeah. Is that yeah. who we are? I want the like fire explosion. Between the Tales. Yeah. yeah. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> KY Borg, it's the Kyborg. <laughs> <laughs> Boisterous Bart coming to you in the morning. I hate this I'm now. Gum, gum. I'm so mad that I I'm said gum, this. Gum, 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 like gum, gum. It works because we're all like with a microphone with the headphones on. We we're are, very much we're... like radio DJs. Did you see what's going on in Washington this morning? No, no. You see what's going on in Boulderay this morning? <laughs> oh, speaking of Boulderay, maybe we should do a quick recap of the story so far. So the purpose of these episodes, well, there's a, a number of reasons we do these episodes. You know, every time we wrap up one of the uh, major arcs of the story, we like to do a recap of the story so far and, uh, you know, do any housekeeping we need to do uh, before starting a new arc. What housekeeping we got? Well, we'll get to that first. Oh. Recap, like I laundry. said. Laundry. <laughs> <The> laundry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, the story started way, way back when, when our job hunting adventurers. Oh, you're going all the way back today. It's for people to, to start That's in. What we do every time. Yeah, yeah, we do it every time. Yeah, we start true. from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, we might, but so, it gets longer. This aspect like, uh, gets longer and longer. Yeah, it gets yeah. further, like the, the, the so, far back goes I, further I guess, back. I should say on top of our normal cast, you, I'm sure you heard uh, Micah there, who's Whee! our... Uh, uh, writer and the DM behind the DM, also our composer. Just, uh, maniac, Micah. <laughs> <laughs> I do for the show. By this point, uh, people would have we would have announced that Arc 2's soundtrack is on Spotify and yes. all streaming platforms, entirely composed by Micah. Woo! Thank you. So, go listen two. to it, please. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 go listen to it. Uh, and you can listen what's... to it on ninety two point eight, the mod. <laughs> you've got, you've got in the morning. You've got musical pieces, and then is there? Is there a lyrical song in this one too? There's a gum gum song. Oh, the gum gum song. Yeah, nice. gum gum wake a bye. Oh, the wake a bye song. Oh, I want uh, everybody yeah. to play this for their actual children at bed and oh. let us know well, if they <laughs> manage to get any child to go to sleep I mean, with no, it. Brain damage wake up. Oh, wake up! Wake they gotta up. wake up. Yeah. yeah. I'm a, I'm a little offended that you didn't use my vocals in the song. Uh, no, <laughs> no, we'll do a remix. <laughs> yeah, it's just me doing the background. Uh, so instead of using it as a lullaby, I need everybody to set it as their alarm. Yes, yeah. and film yourself waking up to it. <laughs> it's, also be- it's such a beautiful song. It definitely made me cry. <laughs> so yeah, way back in Boulder, right, guys. Way back when our job hunting adventurers, Kyborg the Bowman Fighter, Bart the Bard, Mud the Druid, and Gum-Gum the Whizbarian arrived at the town of Boulderay. There they encountered a deceptive goblin named Bezler, a wise cracking warlock named Brink Tussler, and the mayor himself, Felix Prattle, who offered them jobs as the Infinite Interns. The Infinites are a group of mighty warriors known far and wide across the lands of Faza for their feats of heroism and legendary power with one slight catch. Unbeknownst to the public, the Infinites are missing. The interns rescue the Infinite's brilliant gadgeteer, Dr. Ahem, from one of his own inventions and uncover their first suspect, the evil Paralyte. Guided by Sordo the Living Sphere and Dr. Ahem, the interns undergo a barrage of training exercises and learn more about the four Infinites. 
Aleve the Amender, Sleek the Symphonious, Spectral the Surreptitious, and Grizzly the Groundbreaker. Those sound like DJ, like duck jockeys. <laughs> yeah, they do. Also, isn't Dr. Ahem, he's not human. I keep Dragonborn. Yeah, he's no, Dragonborn. he's not Dragonborn. Dragonkin. He's Draconic, you're right. Draconic. <laughs> but he's uh, Cobalt. Cobalt. Which I didn't realize Co until cobalt. we had an animation that I watched the other day that's probably out or coming out soon and i was like wait that's Dr. Yeah, it was only it was probably only described in the flavor text you know three Here's dozen times <laughs> oh, <all right. laughs> that's your fault if we didn't get the flavor text okay uh, that, that, you gotta open up your ears it's bland you guys then were sent away on your first mission or your first away mission to the desert town of pious pass with the task of retrieving a package for dr ahem Upon arrival, the interns were beseeched with rescuing the town cleric Mother Abby from jail after being blamed for a mysterious curse spreading throughout the town, slowly killing the pie residents. Do you remember what the pies look like? Did, did we get Pring that flavor text? String Close enough. Delicious and crumbly. <laughs> See, you all got that flavor text, except for Bart, who wants to eat them or something. <laughs> I just hear pie, and I, I can't not think of a pie. Just mm. A bunch of wop, walking apple fritters. Mm -hmm. After a barber shop quartet haircut, pawn shop break-in, and zombie jailbreak, the interns chase down Sheriff Gov to reveal Mother Abby's true identity as Aleve the Amender, a brainwashed infinite turned evil and poisoning the town with necromancy. Just as the interns are about to defeat Aleve, Paralyte swoops in to take credit for saving the town and in disgrace, the interns head back to Boulderay with one infinite in tow. After stabilizing and ailing Aleve, the interns head to their next mission, finding Sleek the Symphonious inside the industrious city of Erbloom. They arrive at the city in calamitous chaos and come face to face with their Boulderian rival Brink Tussler, dying with a message from the future. Stop Sleek from freezing the city in time. Sent back in time, they get to work with past Brink in a city slowly being besieged by time, including trapping a sword-swinging wind elemental, escaping a tyrannical cannibal prehistoric T-Rex, stumbling upon an objectively sexy Aurochs, <laughs> and turning back time to battle the infinite Sleek himself. Once again, Paralyte intercepts to quote-unquote save the day by stealing Sleek's magical loot and capturing Brink Tussler. This really tore Kyborg up. The interns and Sleek escape at the last moment into a magical portal leading to places unknown. After that, fast forward, it's been three weeks since Urbloom and the interns and Sleek... It's been. It's been. <laughs> you can't say it's been without getting that. It's been three weeks. Uh, <laughs> since Erbloom, uh, and the interns at Sleek have been surviving in the frozen tundra of Kaltberg, a land populated by walrus folk called Valrossians. They come upon a wondrous cave from an ancient race of polar bear folk, the Ishbjorn. Amidst the caverns, the party saves archaeologist Archie from becoming a dwarven popsicle and pick up a mysterious amulet, or as the party calls it, amulet. Amulet. Also, at this point, Brink, but not Brink. Uh, uh, what's what was his name that we picked up? The, the boss guy. That ended Sleek. Up Sleek. Yeah. Super How do you hard. not remember Sleek? You, I tried to forget him. Uh, <laughs> Sleek was a super hard boss, and then when he joined our party, he was. Just, Worthless. We so. kept forgetting he was with us. That's how yeah. it is in video games. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, when you get the, the boss to be on your team. Yeah. You can't be OP. But he wasn't. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Never meet your heroes. Yeah. yeah. You, uh, <laughs> wasn't my hero in the first place. No one's hero. He didn't have his loot. But Archie does lead them to the village of Brumafume, where they're tasked with a rescue mission that puts them at odds with ghostly Ishbjorn and possessed Valrossians. The interns flee the town but tumble into the ethereal plane where they encounter a third infinite. Spectral the Surreptitious. Dishes, dishes, dishes. <laughs> <laughs> they learn that since Spectral lost his Ishbjord soulmate to a Valrossian, 
He has taken on the plight of the ghostly Ishbjorn, waging a vengeful war on the Valrassian king. The interns and Sleek convince Spectral to give them a little time, just one night to talk to the V-King and avoid a war. The interns sneak into the capital of New Valros during a massive festival, and they're able to save the true king of Valrossians, V-King Nive, with the help of local deity goddess Andi, they're able to bring peace to a century of hostility. V-King Nive grants the interns and two infinites ships passage back to Boulderay with a mission to infiltrate Paralite's lair. This all starting to sound familiar? We get caught up? Oh, yeah. I, I, I remember, remember all this. Mm. Yeah, I've also been re-listening, so I'm like, mm -hmm, Yeah, you're nope. on top of it. Well, this part kind of dealt with Bart a little bit. Uh, the interns set sail homebound for Boulderay on Bart's old ship. The Jebediah. <laughs> Only to find uh, Boulderay overrun by Paralite's army of Everguards. They free Dr. Ahem and uh, take back the town and volunteer to explore the memories of Sleek and Spectral using Dr. Ahem's dreamery experiment. Also, there's a running theme with every time we leave Boulderay and come back, something awful has happened. Uh, yeah. We cannot leave that place uh, alone for It's like the town of Thebes in, in Hercules. Yeah, it truly is. You should split the party. No! And, <laughs> and leave some people behind, we'll have be some people team. go. I'll just clean this room, gosh. Yeah. yeah. I might have a way of doing that now. Oh, I'm, I'm intrigued. Cleaning a room? <laughs> no, splitting the party. Oh. He's got an axe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll leave your bottom half here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I have an axe. I've had it all the time. <laughs> After hunting for clues of Paralite's whereabouts, the interns return to reality and sneak into Elderling Village with Sleek and Spectral in tow. Little did they know, it's yet another trap set by Paralite. At the last moment, they're saved from a brainwashed Spectral by a sacrificial Sleek. The interns barely escape, but with vital clues to Paralite's next location. They sail to the port of Pescar and engage in a race with Paralite to the top of the ominous ziggurat called the Escalon. At the top of the tower, they run into a disfigured dual-headed Grizzleave, a monstrous combination of the Infinite's Aleve and Grizzly. After a successful brawl with Grizzleave, the interns encounter a rare attack of opportunity on Paralite herself, catch a glimpse of Paralite's lair under a frozen sheer lake. They locate the secret lair but are captured alongside an old acquaintance, Archie the Archaeologist. They learn of Paralite's plan to police the world using a divine power gemstone called the Diagem. They free themselves and engage in an epic battle with Paralite and her Everguards, but the interns are interrupted as Archie reveals himself to be a powerful creature called Entropa. Now freed from his corporeal prison, Entropa seizes the Diagem and seeks out the rest of these mystical gemstones. The interns return to Boulderay mid-election and a mayoral race with Brink Tussler as the forerunner. Nothing bad happened this time. <laughs> The, um, uh, that we know of. Well, politics they, are always no, bad. No, no, there was a terrorist <laughs> attack and it was like developing while we were gone. You yeah. Know? There was like, there were, you they know. They blew up the library. Also, so, Brink Tussler became successful. That's a, yeah. that's awful. I guess you're right because while in the library, Kyborg has sent a surprise from his old rival, oh. Quadran, a self-destructing yeah. squadron. Quadrant. And it seems Quadran is hunting Kyborg to end his nemesis. Right. So you did survive the surprise ambush from the Quadran squadron. Uh, the interns visited the local temple to learn about deity Daya and lore of the diagems, after which Brink Tussler is announced as the new mayor of Boulderay. In his first act, he promotes the interns to infinites. You're badmouthing him. He gave you a promotion. <laughs> the next day, Dr. Ahem and Meld conduct an experiment with the party to explore Kyborg's past and find out Quadrant's plans and whereabouts. As the infant knights, the party is introduced to Kydelius' family and hometown of Everwinter. We were babies. Yeah. But soon it's invaded by Quadrant and a squadron of squadrons. Kydelius relives the harrowing memory of his family's passing and the genesis of his enmity with Quadrant. With the past fresh in their minds, the party returns to present-day Everwinter where they find a heart-pounding monolith that turns out to house a red diagem called the Source, which fits perfectly into Kyborg's iron arm. 
<laughs> the party follows the lead to Pi's past in search of Quadrant's whereabouts, but all they find is a ghost town of missing pies, a host of serpentine flying tabulians, and Sheriff Gov and Deputy Pat. They strike a deal with the draconic Tabulians, which leads them to the flats of Tabul, where they find the missing pie prisoners being sacrificed to the Tabulians' leader, Mra, or as the party knows him, Quadran. Mm -hmm. The party manages to persuade the rest of the Tabulians to peaceful terms, and in a turn of events, the Infinites defeat Quadran. Turn of events? Yeah. Things, you, didn't, you didn't have high hopes for us? Things didn't always go well. Remember, did you hear a lot of the previous run-ins yeah, you all had? you know what? It didn't Maybe always go no well. Point. Also, I got a bow from my mom. I got my mom's bow. Which is called? The long bow of Crystalina. Okay. Hey, he's got a bow to pick with Squadron. Yes. <laughs> that laugh, Barb. <laughs> that laugh. <laughs> that laugh went on a journey. <laughs> I'm just glad that someone came to the party. Yeah. <laughs> trying to be a good audience for Chris. I, I like it. At a critical moment, Smarsh, the giant purple worm, arrives to help, sort of, and guides the party out of the flats of Tabul, eventually back to Boulder Ray. That was so cool. It's a great moment. We were all like, <laughs> my arc was a lot of fun. Little blast from the past. It's funny too to see the the puppet version of that scene where it was like a because we could do the spoiler of Smarsh coming in and saving us. Yeah. Oh yeah, we that was one of the Stinky Dragon puppet videos we made where we essentially puppeted that moment where Kyborg talks to the Tabulians to try to keep them down. Mm -hmm. So go check it out on uh, socials at Stinky Dragon Pod. Might be my, one of my favorite things that we've made in the last couple of years. They came out really, really good. Chris made some awesome ones too. We got, and hopefully we're working on more. So, What yeah. do you think of those, Micah? Like, oh, I love them. Seeing them come to life? Yeah, it's really cool. It's, it's really nice to have a visual representation, but also like, it's just a happy medium. It's a fun thing to see. Yeah. 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 Puppets are fun. Yeah. We have a ton of fun making And also them. shout out to you guys' mom. Yeah. For sure. Patty yeah. for making those little puppets. I mean, they weren't even puppets. They were just cute little dolls. dolls yeah. And then we yeah. were all just like, we should do something. We might need her to like come in and do some like repairs <laughs> and like some touch ups, restitching yeah. some places. I love some of the lo fi additions that are done, like to show Mud closing his eye or not Mud, <laughs> oh. to show Gum Gum, Gum closing yeah. his eyes, like the little circles of felt, <laughs> little felt yeah. over his eyes that are that are open. There's one that we might, re I guess, will probably be all released. Five will have been out before we this yeah. comes out, but where Kyberg's doing shadow box and we have like fishing line tied to his arms and we're just like <laughs> puppeting from above. I love the, the the way the punch turned out too. Because <laughs> yeah. the, the way the light hits Gum Gum, it looks like he's like incredibly shocked. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's good. That's very good. Check it out. Yeah, they're really, really, really great. Sorry, we got distracted. Yeah, we got distracted. Yeah. Marsh came in and it saved, saved the, the day. day. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, at this point, uh, Mud has a visitor from his own murky past, Clay, his brother, who comes bearing bad news about their dying father, Lord Lomish. The party travels via Bramble Boat to the land of Wither Veins. Why does Google Docs underline Bramble Boat like it's misspelled, but not Wither Veins? <laughs> <laughs> like Wither Veins, oh, that's a totally fine word. Uh, Bramble Boat, I don't know. You spelled it wrong, that's why. <laughs> Canonical. It's ca oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Well, the party travels via Bramble Boat to the land of Wither Veins and Mud's hometown, Bobayu, also not misspelled. Mm. Uh, and their reception is interrupted by a <laughs> slew of yellow slimes known as Amnesia, also not misspelled. Apparently, these memory-munching monsters are the cause of Lord Lomish's comatose condition, and after visiting Mud's family at the Bramble Castle, they are sent on a quest by Mud's mentor, a Kajuju named Shaman Seuss. Uh, they must find, spoiler, they must find ingredients to a bomb to heal Lord Lomish and others. They travel to the hillage of Morbane looking for the Emerald Stone of Algerok and eventually uncover yet another monolith behind a waterfall. The monolith melts away, revealing a second elderly Kajuju, Algerok. The dying shrimp folk enlists the Infinites into a secret society of Diagem protectors 
the Paladion. Oh, I forgot <laughs> about that. Yeah. 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 This is good. We do these recaps. Yeah, it's good for everyone. Hey, say that one. What that one group of people? Could you juice? Could you juice? No, no, no. no the the Diarians. Paladion. <laughs> don't, 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 don't read them in. Don't read them in. <laughs> the Diarians. <laughs> <laughs> He's a diarrhea. <laughs> this is where the radio host would play the fart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the diarrhea in the morning. <laughs> well, the Paladions, and then Aldrock passes on, leaving Mud with the green virtue diagem. Next, the party travels to Lagoon of Crokemire, where they delve into the recesses of an underwater temple, the Padtheon, in search of a sacred scroll. While searching for clues, Mud's soul is transported to Mount Celestia, a realm of deities where he encounters Amphibolus, the spirit of water. He just kind of has real talk with her, too. He's just talking <laughs> to this god, and he's like, um, yeah, whatever, I'm not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she was also very laid back. Yes, it's true. She convinces the spirit to grant him her sacred scroll and returns to the material plane to find the party surrounded by an army of amnesia. They escape to Bramble Castle with the ingredients for the healing bomb, but after some druidic traps and puzzles, they find Mud's family captured by none other than Shaman Seuss. She blackmails Mud into freeing her master from a demiplane prison called the Briar Orb. Nice. Mud recovers missing pieces from his past that Seuss stole from him and discovers that he never had a brother. Now freed from his planar prison, Sludge unleashes an onslaught of slime against the Infinites, but in the end fails to engulf their memories. At the last minute, he retreats via portal and leaves behind a subdued Seuss. Mud is reunited with his parents and a piece of his ancestry, the key to making briar orbs. The party rescues the Wither Veins from the rest of Amnusia with antiseptic salt, courtesy of Torthor, and heads home. But they find Boldery draped in darkness and subjugated by shadowy assassins. Now it seems Inku, the queen of Shadowmane, has invited the Infinites to the land of Totora and has teased to Bart that his parents are trapped in the Shadowmane. Who is Inku? Where is Totora? And what does Bart have to do with any of this? Find out in the next arc of Tales from the Stinky Dragon. Hey, Stinky Peeps, if you want even more aromatic content like this show, you should follow us at Stinky Dragon Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you're looking for an awesome online community, come join us on the Stinky Dragon subreddit, where friendly folks like you are around the clock posting plot thickening theories, D&D item ideas, and merrymaking memes about the show. If you post on social media using hashtag Stinky Dragon Pod, we might name an NPC in the show after you. Sounds intriguing, right? And on top of that, we also want to give a special thanks to some friends of ours who provided voiceover for characters in the previous episode. Shaman Seuss, voiced by Elise Willems. Sludge, voiced by Jeremy Dooley. Lady Sandra, voiced by Kelsey Childs. Lord Lomish uh, was John Grills from Bloody Disgusting Podcast. And Inku was voiced by Raquel Lilly. Did you know the Tales from the Stinky Dragon has an official soundtrack? The second album recently dropped on all your favorite music streaming platforms. Relive the sonorous themes of Sleek the Symphonious in the city of Erbloom. The album includes 19 tracks of musical motifs, themes, and songs written by Micah Reisinger, including the second character song, Gum Gum's wake a -bye. We hope you enjoy the music. Be sure to share it with your friends and loved ones. Want to hear my biggest flex? What's that? It's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether your thing is vintage teas or recipes for ghee, start selling with Shopify. Join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of your favorite businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll create an online store in your vibe, discover new customers, and grow the following that keeps them coming back. Shopify has all the sales channels sorted, so your business keeps growing from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. 
even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. Maybe you've heard of those. Thanks to 24-7 support and free libraries full of educational content, Shopify's got you every step of the way. It's how every minute new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify, and you will too. Shopify makes selling simple. You put yourself and your ideas out there, whether you're thinking, making eBooks or earrings, Shopify makes your success possible. So when you're ready to launch your thing into the spotlight, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform backing millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Go on, try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash dragon. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dragon to start selling online today. Again, that's shopify.com slash dragon. Today's episode is sponsored by Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. Uh, you know me, I love online shopping whenever possible. I try to do all of my shopping online as opposed to in person because, uh, well, I mean, I'm an introvert. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I know, like me, you probably see the promo code when you're ready to check out and it's taunting you. You wish you knew what magical spell to put in there to save money. Well, thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. So just close your eyes, imagine it. You're shopping on your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button appears. All you have to do is click Apply Coupons. Just wait a couple seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. And if Honey finds a working coupon, you just watch the prices drop. Okay, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can open your eyes now. I've been using Honey for a while. You forget that it's there. It's so easy. It just pops up whenever you need it. And it's amazing how many different websites it works on. I've saved buying all kinds of things, like clothes, like pants. I've saved buying sunglasses. You name it, it's always there. Uh, it's always ready to go. It's free money. It's just there for you to save. Honey doesn't work just on desktops. It also works on your iPhone too. Just activate it on Safari on your phone, save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. By getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting the show. I'd never recommend something I don't use. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash dragon. That's joinhoney.com slash dragon. What does Bart have to do with any of this? Spoiler, nothing. What's love got to do with it? <laughs> we, we always kind of take the game very loosey-goosey, you know, we always try to lean into the fun and like not get into the, uh, the hardcore nitty-gritty meta of the game. But now that we're past the encounter, I want to point out what an underrated MVP Bart was in the fight with Sludge. <laughs> mm. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Let's talk about this. Sludge was vulnerable <laughs> to psychic damage. Oh my God. Wow. That's all you were throwing and at him. And that's all you kept throwing at him. That was the only damage that was really done to him. And it was all courtesy of your new spell. I don't think anybody uh, else yeah. could have heard him. There was a lot of stuff Sludge was immune to. Really? And yeah, you you like honed in on the one thing that really did damage to him. And, you know, it was a new spell, did a lot of damage, and then he was vulnerable to it. So it was like, it did extra damage. So you were nice. rolling, you know, a ton of damage. And then behind the scenes, I was like, oh, shit. you know, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Adding modifiers to it and like tallying it all up, like, uh oh, well, so it's not looking good. I took care of Shaman's shoes, guys. So let's uh, let's be real. Yeah, that poor little shrimp lady really took a. Can I, can I tell <laughs> some behind the scenes stuff? Uh, when I found out that Elise is going to be voicing Shaman Seuss, that's when I focused on just obliterating Seuss because I knew that Elise would give a funny performance in return. And then later on, I told Elise, I was like, hey, this thing's about to happen. And I focus solely on you. So, like, I hope you know this. And she was like, I'm so glad you told me this because I'm going to bring that into the performance. I'm very excited to hear that episode. It's always so awesome when, like, you know, friends of ours get to do these cameos in the yeah. show. And, like, us knowing what happens before they do. Like, when we were encountering Hugh Manor, mm -hmm. and it's played uh, by Trevor. My, my partner Trevor. <laughs> and uh, 
like that episode where he, I think, what he gets eaten, right? Oh uh, like, yeah, yeah, by T Rex. He gets eaten yeah. by the T Rex and, and T Rex, and I remember like we recorded that, and I went home and I'm like, so <laughs> bad news, because <laughs> he was all excited. He loved doing it. Yeah, yeah. he, he loves gr- getting oh, that God, stuff. Yeah, Trevor was great at that character too. Yeah, yeah, he. I mean, he rarely gets the opportunity to do some voice acting stuff, so he was really excited and jazzed to be part of it. But it's always funny knowing how like our friends are going to portray these different characters. Yeah. Shout out to both their podcasts. Oh yeah. Uh, Red web, which is a, uh, I guess, mystery and unsolved things. I don't know how to describe yeah. it. I'm so <laughs> <laughs> Alfred, Alfred, True crime. Alfredo and Trevor and Alfredo was also Claude's fake brother. Clay. Yeah. They have a podcast called red web. Um, get it where we get podcasts. And then Elise Willems and Jessica Vasami who have a, another true crime podcast about uh 30 morbid minutes but yeah. spooky stuff spooky, spooky stuff yeah. and it's it's a spooky season yeah. i don't know if it still will be when podcasts. this comes out probably not probably but not spooky season stays in your heart all year long yeah that's right so we also in these uh between the tales we also do some q a with you know questions that people have submitted via various social media channels just give us a call we'll be answering all morning <laughs> <laughs> call the mud line <laughs> I keep picking on mud because I know he, hate, I know John hates it. Alja rock in the morning. It's always there's family guidelines in there. I say, Brian, yeah, you did Pete do food. What? You know, it's like did you just have a stroke? What like was stewing. that? The more I hit John to make him think like, yeah, yeah, right, right. Mom, mommy, mom, mom, mom? mom? I no, was trying to no, figure no, out what voice you were doing. Yeah, it's booze. It's like that. Stewie. Okay, cut that. Cut that. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> I thought you were like doing a bad pinky impression and we're pronouncing brain. Oh weird. yeah, no, I think so, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get to the question and answer section, though, we do have a level up to do for everyone. So everyone, make sure you level up your characters. Done. We already Done. did it. Yeah. yeah, we did this behind the scenes. We, okay, we did it so that we were sitting here going, hmm, what should I do? Also, Ben was with me the entire time we're doing the level up because he came to each of us and had a session where he was talking to us. Our producer, Ben. I rolled a nine and a 10 for my oh. HP upgrade. I rolled a one and a two. A one and a two? <laughs> yeah. It sucked. I oh, was like, no. man. You're at 125 right now, Gum Gum? I rolled like a three and like a two or something. Yeah. And I have a D12. Ugh. Yeah, I, th- I only have a D8, so I, you know, couldn't get that high. So my current HP is 95. I'm at 102. Oh, I'm one point of HP behind Gum Gum. <laughs> Am I the, I'm the lowest. You're the lowest. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I am the littlest, so that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, you are the littlest. Less body to hurt. Yeah, we, we can talk it over with Ben. I, I always feel like when someone, I feel bad when someone rolls a one for HP. Normally, I let I them re-roll rolled, that. I think I rolled like a one and a three. You have the lucky feet. Both of you. I, no, I don't know if that applies to that. Applies, it no, yeah. it does not apply to that. It's fine. Wink. Anybody else have any? So yeah, everyone got to roll two hit dice because you all were leveled up twice. Uh, twice to 12. So everyone is level 12 now. Kyborg now gets an extra attack because he needs. Oh my god! Really? I forgot. Oh my god! I still don't just, have I another attack. John's face just—he uh, just put his head in his hand. So he can attack three times when he takes the attack action. And when I action surge, it'll be six, six times. I foresee a lot of disadvantage in your future. Yeah, <laughs> I think from now on, whenever we get to Blaine's turn in initiative, that could be like our bathroom break. We go get a snack. That should be Chris's turn. Uh, yeah, <laughs> me and John will just go. I, I typically out. know what I'm gonna do, and it's not like you know I I get it all lined out and stuff. I try to keep it as brief as possible. I should also mentioned that when uh, everyone hit level 12 everyone also gets an ability score improvement so everyone mm-hmm. got that as well i'll just say that as a blanket term yeah. hey you know what i got i, I got do a, know i got a plus one on intellect now 
Oh. Intelligence. intelligence. Yeah. I, I, I figured you would. I got a plus one. I was like, I'm going to have a positive modifier on this. What did you go up to? 12? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because 10 and 11 is zero. So then 12 and 13, I believe, is plus one. I'm at 13. Oh, okay. I'm at 13. 13. What did I upgrade? Do you have it written the down? The only one I'm negative is I'm negative still on charisma. Mm. I'm negative on charisma. I think I might have brought intelligence and wisdom up. I'm, I'm zero intelligence, plus zero intelligence, and plus one wisdom. I brought, I'm pretty sure I improved my wisdom score because then it also, like, some of the saving throws on a lot of mm-hmm. my spells upped what the save is. So what is your wisdom now? It is uh, 16. Okay, yeah. Oh, wow. So every time you hit an even number, you, yeah, you get, it, it goes, goes up. up. Yeah. So I, I felt like with the, a lot of spells that I tend to use, yeah. having, like, a higher save that, you know, the enemy has to do yeah. is beneficial. So that's where I went. Mm. I haven't decided what I'm going to do yet. I forgot. Okay. Well, like, it was like, oh, I'm going to look over this before. And then I just, I forgot until uh, last night when I was going to bed. And then I was like, uh, too late. Yeah. Well, Mud gained access to sixth level spells. Have you decided what you're taking, Mud? Yeah. I, that's what I was uh, alluding to. Let me pull it up so I can actually call it what it is correctly. I have mine if you want me to read Yeah, Bart also gained six level spells. What, yeah. did, what did you get, Bart? I, uh, I added a spell called Eye Bite. Which is a concentration <laughs> eye bite. It's true. Uh, for the spell's duration, your eyes become an inky void imbued with dread power. One creature of your choice within 60 feet of you that you could see must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or be affected by one of the following effects of your choice for the duration. On each of your turns until the spell ends, you could use your action to target another creature, but can't target a creature again if it has succeeded on a saving throw against this casting of eye bite. You could do asleep. The target falls unconscious. It wakes up if it takes any damage or if another creature uses its action to shake the sleeper awake. Panicked. The target is frightened of you. Uh, On each of its turn, the frightened creature must take the dash action and move away from you by the safest and shortest available route. Unless there's nowhere to move, if the target moves to a place at least 60 feet away from you where it can no longer see you, this effect ends. And then sickened, the target has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks. At the end of each of its turn, it can make another wisdom saving throw. If it succeeds, the effect ends. From a, like a role-playing perspective, I love the thought of Bart casting eye bite and his eyes becoming like that inky void. Yeah. And every time, even though if, if you don't direct it at him, like Gum Gum gets scared and has to make a saving throw <laughs> or be panicked and run away from you. I was, I was just thinking how cool it would be to put the friendship bracelet on uh, Bart because it, it and if I, I it can cast uh, Warding Bond, which gives you like super buff defense. Oh. And then like you just go like into crazy mode and then Gum Gum's like circling around fighting <laughs> like, <laughs> everyone off. I do feel it's going to be like almost, it's very horror movie-esque yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Like, I wish yeah. I had my little soundboard with me here so I could like pitch down my voice every time I do eye bite. Eye bite. Or like you, yeah, you'd be on, you'd be on Gum Gum's shoulders doing that and <laughs> yeah. I'm like, like, I'm like saying some type of like curse. <laughs> you also have that no, you're one. Just, you're just singing hungry eyes. <laughs> you also have that one where it's like retreat. So like you use like the voice from the from Dune. Oh, I think that's command. Yeah. 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 Like, Bart's got some pretty like scary intimidating things, which is fun because like I always imagine Bart's a cute little. Until his eyes rolled in the yeah. back of his head and turned black and yeah. inky. It's pretty fun because the, you know, the first D&D campaign we played together a few years ago. I played like a Dorgen. an archer, like a ranged creature Dorgen. that like I, it was all about bow and arrow and like shooting and like playing a character that's completely different where it's like spells and charisma and all this stuff. It's just very fun. Yeah. What'd you get, John? I got a spell called transport via plants. You and plants. 
Well, I had to go with this one mostly because it is exactly something that is going on in the X-Men comics right now of how the X-Men transport themselves around the world via these portals. Here's the spell. The spell creates a magical link between a large or larger inanimate plant within range and another plant at any distance on the same plane of existence. You must have seen or touched the destination plant at least once before. For the duration, any creature can step into the target plant and exit from the destination plant by using five feet of movement. Wow, that is like, that I is remember you crazy. explaining the X-Men thing to me. That is verbatim so, what they're doing. Another way of putting it, it's kind of like the door in Nightmare Before Christmas in the tree. Yeah. I touch a tree and then we go travel and anytime to any other tree you've I touch ever touched, one, we now can go back yeah. to where I touched. The duration is one round, so it's like six seconds. So it's not like you could hold it open for a long time. Yeah, but that is incredibly useful. Mm. It's uh, <laughs> it's restricted to the same plane of existence, which is wild. That's uh, that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, Mart Bud. I said Martin Bud. Mud and Bart. <laughs> uh, Mart. <laughs> gum Gum. Your number of rages per long rest became five. And nice. now you gained relentless rage. Do you want to read that oh, to us? That cool. You drop to zero hit points while you're raging and don't die. You can make a DC 10 con saving throw. If you succeed, you drop to one hit points instead. DC increases by five each time you use this after the first, resetting to 10 after a short or long rest. So basically, if I die, I pop back up potentially and can keep popping up until I roll that. I've heard about this. Like this is like a meme with barbarians where like you're just unstoppable. I'm very excited for you to see this. For I mean, we never, we don't really bottom out though. I think I got we'll down. Need to, we'll need to test this. Yeah, thing, we're gonna, we're gonna, oh, we're gonna no. have to get to a Tarask shows get up. Him again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's really powerful. Yeah, that's that's about it though for barbarian. I think um, <laughs> as long as we're talking about <laughs> like the meta and the nitty gritty, we also need to keep an eye on your reactions in the future for Gum Gum. Mm-hmm. I think I've mistakenly let you take multiple reactions in a round. But oh. you should only have one reaction in a round. Have I done that multiple? Like when would I have- with like re-raging and wild magic uh, proking? Okay, I try. I think I I might have missed it. I try to keep a beat on that. Yeah, but maybe it, it's all it's also me. So we'll just keep an eye on that going forward. So if you hear me complaining about it in the future, mm. that's what it is. I'm just setting it up now, setting up my future complaining. Yep, as you do. All right, I guess before uh, I get into Q&A with uh, the questions that have been submitted, does anybody have anything they want to talk about, about the story so far, or about D&D, or questions, or anything? I have a question. Yeah. I know, like, the the teaser for the next storyline is about Bart's parents. What about Gum Gum stuff? Like... We have plans. Okay. TBD. I was like, I feel unfair that we're doing me I, again. We've said, this, <laughs> we've said this before, I think, that we have a plan of when this campaign will end. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so we have mapped out essentially tying up everything by a certain time, let's say next year. Gotcha. Mm. So that's as much as I'll give as far as that. But we, yeah. we, we are to tell people we have a plan. We've discussed it. But also, you know, to comfort people who might be upset that this is ending. Well, it's not ending yet. It's, well, also like <laughs> no, this campaign might end and then we'll do a whole nother story. Yeah. Yeah. The current plan right now is to end the campaign and start a new one. A new tale from the Stinky Dragon. Exactly. Yeah. And if you want us to stick to that plan, tell your friends about the show. Yes, <laughs> please. <laughs> we want to keep making it. Part of the reason we've been working on like the puppet videos, which are like a minute long, and there's like some animations and animatics that are out that are really fun. We just had one come out recently uh, about the um, 
the very first episode where everyone's uh, yeah the introduction the of the interns. It's 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 just really I love the colors. In well, it. yeah, it's, and we've we've seen a lot of people um, thanks to those. I we feel uh, going back, and we've seen a big uptick in people listening to the first episode. So we can see a lot of people voraciously making their way through. And I've even seen on the subreddit, I love the messages of people like, you know, they're crying because they've caught up finally, yeah. Yeah. you know, but it makes me feel good because I'm like, yeah, you did. I feel that way <laughs> That's with, right, cry. That's what <laughs> I, I feel that way with so much like content that you enjoy. It's like, man, I like, I can't stop consuming this and I love it, but I don't want it to, like, I don't want to catch up or have it end. Yeah. And so it's just like, I'm just taking my time listening or reading or whatever. It's I remember this. when I finally caught up to Ghost in the Shell and I was like, finally I can sleep. But I was like really sad. I don't, yeah, I feel the their pain for catching up to Sticky we, Dragon. Yeah. We, we were making, you know, it's also, it's like that content's meant to be like very shareable. So if you have friends, you're like, hey, watch yeah. this. It's like a minute long and it's fun, you know. Kind of like hooks you in. Yeah. Yeah. It's so like mm-hmm. if, if they're like, what is, I don't know if I like D&D or, you know, yeah. well, I don't know about, about this podcast. You're like, watch this. Well, check it out. One of the reasons we've always been kind of, Loosey goosey with the rules and like not wanting to create roadblocks to the fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, trying trying to live trying to yeah. be within the rails that keep it fun, but without like bogging down too much about like, um, actually, you know, this this mm-hmm. and that. Although we do get into rules lawyering a little bit every well, now know. and then. Gotta stay true to D and D to an extent. Just yeah. like uh, the broken super advantage that uh, the lucky feet grants you. You know, Ben was asking me like, and this isn't any sort of thing. I think like. If we do future Sticky Dragon stuff, we're probably going to mix up personnel and cast and stuff and just, like, do things different. But he was just kind of talking to me generally about D&D. He's like, what kind of character would you want to play in the future? And I was, like, kind of tossing around some of the classes and stuff like that. I think I'd have to look and see who else has that specific kind of lucky feat. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite part well, of this so show. Broken. It is. Ben, actually, he was like, oh, you should bring this up on on the podcast and talk to Gus about it. Like, apparently I'm able to add feats. I just haven't yeah. been. Instead of a ability score yeah. improvement, yes. you yeah. can take a feat, which there's a lot of things you can choose. From. I was, gotcha. I could have, I could have chose. I don't know if anybody else could have, but I, I could have chosen it this leveling up at like I 12. Too. I leveled, why, every yeah. fourth level you yeah. can do it. That's okay. why I didn't pick my ability score yet. Cause I, I wanted to look and see yeah. if there are any. That's how Kybor got that lucky feat. I was going to add another feat to this one, but I ended up not because he's like, you're going to have to ask Gus for approval. And I was like, Gus is going to say no anyways. So I'm just going to do this. Does that mean you just have one foot i have multiple three. feet it's three right three now. feet, three feet. Okay. Yeah. End this show. don't make me turn this show around <laughs> we have questions yeah we got some questions here oh, we got a question from ray dash 88 radiate first question why are you all so damn good at this Aww. honestly i watch a few D podcasts you all are amazing second question did you ever talk about having micah or ben take over as dm for a few episodes so gus can jump in so why are you all so good at this are we? <laughs> I don't know Explain that we yourselves. are. I think that we have very good chemistry because we are very good friends and we have years of experience with each other. Yeah, I would say, yeah, we, we know each other. So we're able to bounce off of each other. Well, yeah. I also think we put in some good work of like picking which characters we wanted to play and like mm-hmm. making sure that it was like a balanced team of, you know. Different. I can answer both questions with mm. one answer. Mm. I genuinely think in agreement with everything you guys just said, it's also... Gus's ability to yes and uh-huh. is a superpower. Definitely. Yeah, that's very, um, very because true. I've said it before, I am not as patient. <laughs> um, I would not allow Chris to do half the things he's done. I would have been way more upset at some of the stunts that Blaine has pulled. <laughs> Barb, you would have been fine. Yay! <laughs> I, I definitely include Gus Teacher's in that. Teacher's pet. <laughs> I include Gus in that when I see the chemistry thing. But yeah. also, uh, Micah is like a new addition, and we've grown so comfortable with you, and you're just 
very good at Dungeons and Dragons. Like yeah. you have a group outside of this and they like, it's whatever I hear about you guys, like you're making like sets. Yeah. Like a pirate ship or something recently. Yep. Uh, it's like, it's a, incredible what they do. Like a real work, like a, can we yeah. see those? I'd yeah. love to see yeah, that. Show you pictures after. Uh, yeah. yeah and I say that because we could maybe use them as sets. For <laughs> <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> and Chris is now just looking for anything. Yeah, right? my, my, one of my friends. Are uh, they just scale to the dolls? Is, <laughs> it has like a, a room just of Dungeons and Dragons miniatures yeah. and things they build all the time. Oh. So cool. Like, like uh, lights and flickering lanterns. And, and, and I stuff. get it now after because we've been building like the sets for the puppet thing and it's fun. It's well, really fun. Uh, yeah, a lot of fun. It's good. It's good therapy. That's also the whole uh, <laughs> that's like the Warhammer community. Yeah, is it's like kind of like that. Yeah. I also just want to like. I know we talk about it all the time, but Micah really is like the hero of this podcast. Oh, absolutely. Like, writes the entire story and is like edits it and does the sound design and the music and just everything that goes into making it an amazing, I don't want to say product, but essentially an amazing product for the audience. And like, he makes this incredible playground for us to just like go off in. Play in, yeah. Yeah, like peeking behind the DM screen, you don't see every time you all ask a question that I don't definitely know the answer to because Mike is writing it. It's like when I waffle giving an answer, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to commit to anything. I don't want Micah's typing. Right. I don't yeah, want to, yeah. I don't want to write. I don't want to say something that puts Micah into a corner. So I'll intentionally sometimes get like super cagey with answers. Like, yeah, I don't know. The stray glances that you guys exchange. <laughs> it's kind of like, I feel like us being able to watch you guys. Like, I'm like, oh, wait a second. There's something to miss here. Yeah. It's also like, man, doing this podcast all together is really nice. Having everyone in the same room. And like whenever something funny happens, like seeing everybody at the table over there, like keel over laughing and yeah. it's just like really fun. And Ben is also an, exci- an yeah. encyclopedia of Dungeons and Dragons. Oh yeah, Ben and is amazing. So invested and in love with this show and it, uh, it makes me really happy. He's so invested. He couldn't buy- be bothered to show up today. <laughs> oh. ben. I, I, and this was something, and I, I've seen this commented before, like the, the NPC being voiced and stuff. That's something that takes a lot of effort and is, yeah. but I, ha- I don't, think that's been done very often and i think that's pretty shows. unique to us yeah, and yeah. I, but it, I haven't found too many and yeah. it's really it really elevates it in a fun way like yeah. it makes it feel like a world it also allows us to involve other creators that we love in the mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. um which is you know a really unique part of it and i'll be honest like early on when we started doing this i wasn't un- i was kind of uncertain about that i was too i, I was, was like too. i don't I know like, how that works because it kind of takes away from the dungeon master's performance and stuff but it it works really well. It works really well. They're all well. better at it than me. So it, uh, <laughs> it augments no, my I love performance. Your, your classic well, voices. No, no, no. Let's, <laughs> let's hear your Scottish accent. Oh, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's, uh, let's all more friends here. It's me, your brother. <laughs> <laughs> what was the guy's, the little weird archer guy that we met in the, in the wild? Little Jimmy. Little, little Jimmy. Jimmy. Like, little Jimmy's like the peak of Gus's acting. <laughs> I, know, I know both Ben and I would be happy to run a session. We've talked about that before, but it's like we know right now and we're sticking with like, like everybody loves Gus. Like we're uh, gonna stick with what people love. My favorite show. Everybody loves Gus. <laughs> that would be that would be great to have uh, you or Ben, you know, step in for a little while and try it out and deal with these uh, and then numbskulls over here. Decision. Yeah. I, I would love to see Gus like as a player. He, yeah, because he's so creative and he, he. You have a long, long history with Dungeons and Dragons, and I think that you'd pull some crazy stuff. Yeah, I started playing D anD D back in like 90, 92, I want to say. That's when I was a two year old. Cool. Yeah, I'm uh, like. We, I lived out in the middle of nowhere, so like we would go to like used bookstores and secondhand books to try to buy anything we could. So we started playing original D&D, wow. which wow. was awful. Wow. And then we played <laughs> AD&D, then second edition, third edition. Uh, that kind of stopped. I, I never played fourth, but yeah, I've been playing for a long time. I still remember Chris thinking 5E <laughs> was like not fifth edition, but it was like, oh, there must be 5A, 5B. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
so funny. <laughs> yeah, some of those old editions were rough, man. They were <laughs> they I were trying it. to figure out how to make the game, and it was like, how how is it rough? Like just like like clunky? you know, like nowadays, a lot of things are standardized with d twenty rolls. Uh-huh. Uh, back in the early days, like in original D anD D and even AD anD D, I want to say you had hit tables that you had to look at. So it's like you would compare what your role was versus armor class in a table, then like like looking at a spreadsheet, oh. then run across and look at what the number was that you needed to roll to be able to hit the armor class. It was it was wild. It was a lot of work. I've seen those. Yeah, it was uh, it was not great. Then uh, balance is probably an issue too. Then. Yeah, some things were really broken. Second edition had Thacko, uh, which is how you calculated your hits. It was like two hit armor class zero, what you needed to roll, and then you would make adjustments based on whatever the armor class was to that. It was just a, a lot more math. Nowadays, mm. it's like, Armor class is 15. Roll a 15. You know, it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a lot more streamlined <laughs> yeah. for uh, what you need to do. And with stuff like doing it on D&D Beyond that you don't even have to. Yeah, we have you apps. Don't have to think. Yeah. It does yeah. the math for you. It's amazing. Yeah. You can roll 100 D100s. Yeah. And, and you don't <laughs> lose anything. That was the worst. Having to like stuff your player character sheet into like your book and hope yeah. it didn't fall out and you didn't lose it. Oh, oh wow. shoot. I, did yeah. you make like a backup? Yeah, so you would every now and then you'd have to like either like make like a Xerox copy or manually copy it off by hand to another character sheet just to have a backup. Back in my day, when we like yeah. we had to make our own die, <laughs> and we liked it, we had to cut a finger off and <laughs> uh, roll the bones. Okay, I have a question here from Nerd Level Eighteen Players. What are your predictions for the next arc? Is there something you really want to see or do? Mm. Hadn't really put a lot of thought into the next arc. We just kind of experience it as it comes yeah i mean obviously like we still want to learn a lot more about gum gum i think it's a, still kind of a mystery to mm. us also you know even more bart stuff would be fun yeah i think it'd be interesting i mean i want to know what's going on with bart's family and like what well yeah because he was an orphan and so like i don't know who his real parents were yeah. or what they did or where they are so yeah i'm interested to find out I have a, a hunch as to why it's going to finish with Gum Gum, and I feel like it's going to lead to something. I don't I, know. I actually can spoil that right now. Gum Gum's last name is Skywalker. Oh. <laughs> I also have a theory. Well, but I guess I have to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> I ruined it. You know, I have a theory, but I also like don't know if I want to say it because what if it's actually true? And then they had to change it. I think Dr. Ahem is behind all of this. I think he's evil. Could be. Oh. Could uh, be. Barbara doesn't like cobalt. You heard it here first. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just too pessimistic. <laughs> At the end uh, of the story, you'll know if it turns out that Gum Gum is a secret clone of Dr. Ahem, who's formed in a, his secret uh, <laughs> base in a far off moon. Gum Gum Palpatine. The, the one thing that I, I am uh, curious about, I was, I think, reminded by someone on the subreddit, because we always forget him. I was like, oh, yeah, where's Sordo? Well, Sordo is because Sordo is the soul of the body that was Archie. Archie. And so yeah. now I'm like, oh, I want to know that. I want to I want to see. Yeah. I want to I uh, conclude him. And Archie double crosses. I, f- I feel like there might be a double cross in the future. I don't know if it's going to be Dr. Ahem, but I feel like someone's going to backstab us. I don't, I don't, so I'm, I like I, that's Dr. why I'm always Ahem. really shaky, especially around like Brink Tussler. He made a hero Archie. turn. He sucks. <laughs> I, I dunk on Brink Dustler a lot. It's because it's voiced by Eric Bedour, who's a very close friend of mine, and we work out together yeah. every morning. But I hate his character. He, it's <laughs> honestly, though, the perfect casting. Oh, yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> like, it's a little troll man. It's essentially just Eric playing Eric. Yeah. And I love it. <laughs> the Brink Tussler. <laughs> <laughs> Got a, a question here from Little Mouse. Blaine, how is your fox doing? You dropped uh, them off at headquarters <laughs> yeah. and never checked back in. No, Fred's uh, fine. He's Dr. Ahem's buddy now. He's who's going to backstab system. you? 
No. You left your pet. I didn't say anything about Fred, Dr. Ham. Fred is like uh, the the muck that Ash sent to oh God. Professor Oak's <laughs> center and just like was Ash's Pokemon, but Professor Oak's was just like saddled with him for forever. I like to consider him more of like a rescue that I, uh, what is it called? Oh, when didn't you want? No, 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 Fostering? no. Fostered, Fostered for a bit and then to gave Dr. off Hen? to another owner. Oh, I don't know what to do with this fog. I also didn't want him, like, I didn't want Gumbo right. to have a competition. That was my doctor. <laughs> that is so weird. Why would you, why would he sound like Jimmy Stewart? <laughs> I just didn't want Gumbo, Gumbo to have like competition, and I also it stresses me out having a companion because Gus hates Lucky so Gus much. Gus took I away think, one of my companions. Yeah, once. and I think so Gus everybody's ready for that to happen. How do you again. think I feel when my companion is Gum Gum? Got to take care of him all yeah. the time. He now has at least an ability where he comes back from the dead. Yeah, <laughs> you got to bathe him. You got to feed him. I know. You got to put a friendship bracelet on. Take him for a walk. Yep. Make sure he's always paying attention to where to go, not to talk to strangers. <laughs> I th- that animation of the first episode where everyone's like, Chris, Chris, are you paying attention? Oh, yeah, but my character isn't. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, my quiet. God. That was, so, that was so obnoxious. It was very funny. Case in point of moments I would not have been patient with as a DM. Yeah. Oh. And you die. Yeah. yeah. A lightning bolt. Got a question here from Thermic. How long does Micah spend on one episode or arc? Gus, you're an amazing DM. I think you deserve more praise. Thank you. I think so, too. <laughs> P.S. Could we please get uh, Micah DM notes released? I look forward to the podcast every week. Thanks for all the work you guys do. Well, thank you for listening. Yes. Yeah, we've talked about releasing adventures maybe in the future. Yeah. I think you should at least do like upload a page or two well, to like the social. I'll, yeah. tell you, I'll tell you what we're working on. And I make no promises that we're going to be able to figure out. But we're working on a way to package it and try and sell it as a way that people can physically consume it like actually use it for their own campaign yeah, play right. module and it's not yeah. just for like the characters you all play but it's like for anybody that could mm. pop into yeah, the, the same way the you would buy any yeah. campaign yeah. Well, that's awesome because there's a lot of work that micah does that sometimes we don't get to mm-hmm. like that's true. you go in one direction and where it's like versus the other direction which is also fully fleshed out and there's tons of stuff there to explore that's that's D though like yeah. i made some notes for myself because i was trying to remember like how long it takes but like each episode's different because like if it's an encounter it's going to be different a lengthwise of making it versus if it's a social thing or if it's a dungeon crawl y'all do. But like, I take a lot of notes on my, my notes app. Like it's just full of things. I try to like keep it within 90 to 120 minutes for the actual running of the episode. And that's hard because D and D is meant to be played like at least three hours yeah, long. Yeah. But yeah, it takes me, it takes me a good chunk of a day or two to get like one solid module out from like start to finish. Mm. Yeah. Anytime we have like a, an episode, I know it's going to be combat heavy. It's like, okay, I know we're going to be spending almost the entire yeah. time doing this combat because it just, it takes so long to yeah, get through anything combat. I think from our perspective too, the combat versus role-playing we're torn in the middle on who likes what the most i love combat and i feel like everyone else hates combat i don't hate combat but i like i like the, everything the role play the most like playing with npc i'm so bad at my roles though that's why i like combat and i think the reverse is true with uh elise or sorry but barbara and john sorry classic mistake yeah it's, okay. it's an honor you guys have amazing like social roles but i feel like combat wise i like how blaine's like i don't like the stuff i'm bad at yeah. i only <laughs> like the things i'm well, good when he said he was bad at his roles i thought he meant r-o-l-l-s 
<laughs> well, that, I think he meant, he did mean that. Yeah. In, in oh, that. okay. Because then you start when, to talk about other roles. No, no, the no. R-O-L-E-S. When he has to roll oh, to see if hungry. what he did can work, he fails a lot because he has bad charisma and bad intelligence. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Which I thought it started as a joke because I was like, I'm going to make him purposely stupid. And then now I'm like, no, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. You can't convince anybody of anything. You can't, can't investigate anything. You can't intimidate. <laughs> That's why you got me, baby. That's right. But like, I think it's fun too to fail. Like, oh, true, true. The drama. Yeah. Like to me, I guess like I'm, I'm like, it's always more fun to me to find a way not to fight and mm-hmm. get through an encounter mm-hmm. than to fight. Even though combat is fun too. Yeah. Sometimes that makes me put my head in my hands. So I'm like, oh my God, you all just need to fight this thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but sure. sometimes you do get around it. Like uh, the Tabulians when you were um, encountering Umra. You did manage to Convince avoid them. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how we would have succeeded had we not done that. I don't know, like how big fight that would yeah, have been, been a big fight. Yeah, but that was fun. Like again, like the kind of social mm-hmm. aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, I like that stuff. Yeah, I like puzzles and problem solving. And Mike is really great about incorporating that stuff into the campaign, which I think is so much fun. Yeah, only no, but too. like I, I say this in a joking way because I actually kind of love it. The riddles. <laughs> I like the riddle. Like they just go what? over I my head. I didn't know you didn't like them, Blaine. There's so I many riddles and none the, of them make sense. I love like I would have never put those in if I'd known. Yeah. <laughs> head and hands. Like I remember, I think back a lot just because like it was one of the first things we did in this whole campaign was when we got to that hallway that had the doors, the different symbols over it, yeah. like the bear and the coffee mm. mug and all that Mm -hmm. stuff and figuring out what to do in each room. Like, I love that kind of stuff. It's funny because I think about a little more recently, the four doors that you all found that you all did not move and inspect. Like, you all just went and looked at one door. But if you all had taken turns to look at the doors, everyone would have seen something different. (laughs) I love the one we went into where it was just like essentially a bar fight. And we're like, do we just get involved? And we're like body slamming people and drinking. We're like, why do we get out of here? That was fun. Oh, yeah, it's, it's always curious to see what's going to happen when you guys have doors in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, recently we filmed a short about what happens when a party encounters a door in mm-hmm. D&D. Mm-hmm. And it's probably out by now, but it's yeah, very fun. Very Squad fun. Team Force on TikTok, Instagram. Yeah, Squad Team Force is Twitter, where we upload all YouTube. of our skits and stuff. And then Stinky Dragon Pod is like more specific to just Stinky Dragon content. Yeah, I uh, got a question here from Black Death. For the players, as your characters grow to more powerful heights and gain renown across the lands, has the fame, fortune, and power gotten anyone's head yet? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know what fortune you're talking about for Bart. (laughs) I'm broke, baby. You got lots of uh, very expensive items, though. That's true. Didn't you break this down for us where you're like, level one through whatever is like a vigilante, and then level X through this is like a city hero, and then like this is like a countrywide known person. The fame has come into no advantage to us thus far. Nobody cares or knows who we are so far. Sometimes they do, and it's bad. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that people know us as well as the previous infinites. Well, y'all are new. Right. We definitely need to make better money. We don't have much of a fortune. <laughs> Although I'm apparently and I should I should have like pulled money from like the coffers of, of Bramble Crack. After your parents like snap back to reality should have been like money please. Money, yeah. I need my inheritance. Where's the treasury? <laughs> I saved everyone. I would like my brother's inheritance. Yeah, I, my <laughs> brother. uh, so did the brother 
never exist? Didn't exist. Never. Exist. never? Okay. I just wanted to clear That's that up. So Alfredo has never existed. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Red, Red Web should investigate. <laughs> the ghost of Bramble Castle. Yeah. To answer the, that question, though, like, I think Kyborg has maintained the same level of confidence in him being like, the hero, you can't, I've arrived. You can't go above 100% if that's your starting point. <laughs> right, exactly. Can if you don't know what numbers are. <laughs> I do. It is funny, though, like, as we progress through the campaign and collect more items and stuff like that, it's just, like, trying to keep track of everything you have and what you could use at your disposal in every moment. Like... I, I forget that time someone jumped out a window and and I was like, oh, wait, I have this vest of slow descent. Like, I forgot I had that. and Or like, oh, I could use that right now. Yeah. Suspenders of Haglin have come in handy. Oh, a lot. man. You, yeah, you really use those. You got <laughs> permanent bruises in your too. shoulders now from those. <laughs> it's, like, it's just like the scars. It's so funny. Whenever I do that, all the boys in this room are like, ee! And I'm like, it really doesn't. Uh, don't do that. <laughs> I didn't even want to mention that you were actually hitting your bra straps because it was like during that episode, we were all just going, Ooh. Yeah, we everyone was cringing and I'm like, anyone listening who wears a bra, this know, one's for you. They, knows it, they know it doesn't really hurt that much and it's just a everyday kind of feel. Everyday kind of feel. <laughs> Wake up every day, Barbie gets up. <laughs> yeah. Snap. Snaps bra. Waking up. Is bra strap snapping your Cut. cups? <laughs> <laughs> That, that was oddly fitting. Yeah. <laughs> it landed perfectly. It'll wake you up, that's for sure. <laughs> we do have another question here. This one is from on Twitter from Kevin Smith, whose uh, handle is at the other Kevin SM. This is a real Kevin Smith, but not famous okay. Kevin yeah. Smith. I'll take well, it. Hey, he, Kevin he is Smith. now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The other Kevin Smith asks, love the puppets and animation. Did the Infinites consult in their appearances or was it a surprise? It was a surprise. Oh, yeah. My mama surprised everybody with the dolls. She tried to get as accurate as possible from source material. But yeah. Right. The source material being Andrew, Andrew Douglas, Douglas yeah. making our uh, thumbnail art. Yeah. Which is amazing. And also did work on like animatics and things. Mm -hmm. I think actually, no, going way, way back, Ben did send out an email and was like, hey, give us a character description of what you kind of imagine your person looking like. Yeah, which yeah. which we then applied to Andrew's thumbs and yeah. have workshopped the accuracy there a few times. And then since then, yeah, that was what Mama Rai I did. I didn't ever say anything about green skin, but I love that Kyborg has green skin for some reason. But like the long yeah, blonde think, hair. And I think that was an Andrew call to differentiate everybody you know, a with yeah. a color yeah. spectrum, um, which is good because like uh, that, that often can be a, like an issue in like even comics and stuff is like being able to differentiate similar looking characters apart from different angles from behind yeah. from X-Men all having yellow and blue on. And you're like, who are you? Well, like even with like that as an example, like, you know, there's several female X-Men that have brown hair. So mm -hmm. differentiate all the female X-Men with brown hair. It's like, okay, well, one of them has a white skunk down her mm -hmm. hair and, you know, rogue. wears a bomber jacket, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Wonder so. woman. Right. <laughs> I'll insert crickets there. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try to get her eyes out of rising her. Got uh, a, a question from Killen 1909, K I L E, and not like Killen. Kylan. Yeah. Kylan. 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 Kylan 1909. Kylan. It sounded Kylan. a little, little aggressive. Kylan. For Gus and Micah, have there been times when you guys have broken character behind the screen and just lost track of your own plots because you were laughing too hard? Uh, for Blaine, who do we have to bribe for your next character to have a Southern or Cajun accent? <laughs> <laughs> I say, I say. You declare. Oh, my God. It's just Foghorn Leghorn is your Southern. Yeah. Or no, Yosemite Sam. 
<laughs> oh, it, it, it bit Yosemite as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, has there been a moment where you guys are just like? I think lots of times we're always. <laughs> I was gonna say all the time. Yeah, we're always like messaging each other. You know, we sit next to each other, kind of away from a little away from the players, and we're always like looking at each other or messaging each other when things uh, go off the rails or go awry. There's always there's lots of times where I'll ask a question like, "Well, technically this shouldn't work, but should we just go with it? Like, yeah. let's just see where this leads." You know, just trying to see you know how, how Micah feels about it. There's, yeah, there's a lot of chatter behind the scenes with the crew. And uh, I, it reminds me of like director audio commentaries on like DVDs and bonus features. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's like watching the film and like, oh, that's funny. I never, never thought that would happen. <laughs> yeah. Just roll with what we give you. I don't know if I will do so the next time. Next guy. I think you need to do a character voice at the very least because I, at least the three of us <laughs> have had character voices and yours has devolved I into just blank. Yeah. yeah. So, you, so you need to commit to something that is not your, not a, not a version of Blaine's voice, but like a voice voice. I, I know what I want. What my next character would be, but Ben was like, I don't know that Gus would like that if you did it. So TBD. <laughs> I it is something though. I don't know about you guys, and I forget if I've talked about this on a previous Between the Tales episode, but when we were about to start recording this podcast and we were creating our characters, I and Trevor could attest to this. I spent so much time being like, I don't know what kind of voice to do, if I should do an accent, because it's something I'm gonna have to keep up for the mm-hmm. entire time. And I don't want it to be like annoying to the audience, and I don't want to like do a really hard to commit to and maintain voice. Yeah. And yeah. so that's why I just do this. Yeah. And that's it. A little pitched up. But then like next campaign. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Didn't want to have to do a hundred ep- episodes of a show where your voice is being. Well, you like this yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at Blaine. Oh, he's talking about Good Morning from Hell. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, God. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> where he was a uh, Clayton. That's actually wasn't that, Satan. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. Those are also shorter episodes. Yeah. We also don't talk for forever in the podcast in this as podcast as our character voice. Very true. It's I, like it's like playing Gollum, you know? Like yeah. being Andy Circus like for the, yeah. all those years. Like, oh my God. Oh yeah. Number I, in your throat. I would I I don't know if we can find this. I would love to hear the test episode that we did like pre pandemic. Yeah, we did pre Micah even. Oh yeah, yeah. way pre Micah. Ben might have yeah, it. I would love to hear that because I was playing at least a version of Gum Gum. And you are, I think, playing a version of Kyborg, too. I was too. playing a version of Kyborg. And I don't even, I would love to hear it because I have no, I don't really remember it very much. I I, I was a version of Mud because I, I still have that character in D&D Beyond. I was a I character do. named Tiff. I oh, was that's a, right. I was a rogue halfling. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I like rogues. Yeah. Might look into that next time. Although I feel like rogue is very similar to the kind of character I'm playing here. Very, like, sneaky, stealthy kind of. I think I'd go in a widely different direction. Yeah. Personally, but yeah. I was trying to uh, scroll back through our communication here and find yeah. an exchange we had that wasn't spoilery for anything too recent. And I found something. I think this was during their encounter with Sludge. Mm. I forget what it was, but there was a DC check that people needed to make and it was like i don't know oh, like 20 or something that. and everyone just kept hitting it so easily and micah just sent me a message that said everything is dc 30 now <laughs> 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 just like even these hard checks have gotten to the point where everyone's just making it no problem mm-hmm. yeah because i typically create the monsters like I, I stat build them and uh i think for sludge it was like one of his things had a condition that put on you guys and it was like dc 20 i was like that's a little hard maybe i should notch it down i've like done dc 15 or something like that mm-hmm. and then you guys came out in like 27 26 and i was like no yeah, but a little before that you had said man his primary dc was originally 20 and i was like no that's too powerful and now i'm like well <laughs> i don't i also i don't want to be mean but it helps a lot that gus you just have bad roles like sometimes your sometimes, combat roles yeah. are awful and i'm like is this gus is this, i, I think is about this? hiding them sometimes like mm, maybe i should just <laughs> put the screen up screen up yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just kind of notch the little dice over i mean to be fair i feel like 
you know, obviously it's it's good to be fair with the dice rolls, but you guys are also crafting a story. So if there's something where it's like you need a dice roll for a certain outcome and it would be more entertaining. Yeah, there are yeah. some times where I don't show the rolls if, if I think that that's really going to be the case. Mm-hmm. Mm. But uh, also that, my whole life rare. is a lie. <laughs> no. well, guess I bring my dice in my backpack every morning. So just <laughs> just in case. I can I can roll them on B- D&D Beyond without anyone yeah, seeing yeah. as well. It's just that feeling of dice in your hand. It, yeah. is, it is nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we have time maybe for just a couple more of these before we uh, wrap up. We have one here from Tonberimo. Uh, I hope I said that right. Tonberimo. I just realized and have to ask, all this Cajun theme surrounding mud, was he aware of it when he named his badger Gumbo? Oh, yeah. No, but Micah was aware of it. <laughs> yeah, John told me. You, yeah. You mentioned why I you named, named Gumbo. I named Gumbo for two reasons. One, uh, because it is actually another word for a type of dirt. And two, oh. because my uh, girlfriend right now is Cajun. And I thought that was a fun nod to her. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, she's from Louisiana. All right. So then... Mike and knowing those two facts already of that, it was like, that's why he made it the Bayou themed. I want to tell you something about Gum Gum. He's a little jealous of Gumbo. Because of the gum? Because of the, like, he gets confused by the name and he <laughs> thinks that, like, Gumbo has, like, I don't know. Like, he's Gumbo and you're Gum Gum. Yeah, and he gets, he's a little, and that's what, Gum Gum's a little, he's kind of jealous. Like, he, so then he gets when Gumbo bit exactly. you or something. That's why Gum Gum was like, he quick to turn on him yeah. because Gum Gum is like, like a little jealous that like he's, he's, like, he's gum adjacent. He, yeah. And he's like everyone's favorite and he's like jealous. He's, gum, he's, he's an adorable Gumbo. little badger with armor. Yeah. Why wouldn't he be everybody's yeah, favorite? So he's like, not that he doesn't like Gumbo, like as it, its own, as it, but like maybe Brink Tussler is uh, Kyborg's rival. Gumbo. Is. <laughs> that makes sense. And you have to travel and uh, adventure with him. I know. <laughs> Kyborg also feels like he has like some small parental ownership over Gumbo because I helped pay for the mm-hmm. I gave you the gold for for mm-hmm. the adoption fees. Sponsored. Yeah. <laughs> godfather to Gumbo. Yeah, I like to think of myself as Gumbo's godfather. I don't know if this came across like it was very subtle, but like when when I also when I was planning out your arc, John, like I knew that you like one of your favorite creators is Jim Henson. So like kind of like I figured mud would be like a Kermit type a of swamp, just swamp. down in the swamp. Yeah. So I just kind of delved into <laughs> that. Reveal in the arc that mud plays a banjo and has a song about it's not easy being green. Why are there? Yeah, in a Scottish accent. Oh, whoa! Challenge, do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm down with that. Yeah. Question here from Mike Lo. Mike Lo. I don't. Know, I'm sorry. I don't know how to say that. How much did the characters' backstories inform the writing for the overarching story, or was there back and forth mm. from the writers when the cast made up the backgrounds? For example, if Kyborg had a different backstory, would the Armageddon arc have played out differently? Oh, interesting. Or like a different villain, or not had the flashback, etc. P.S. Love the show. Uh, a while back, I think we asked for like y'all's backstories, and I uh, had a few like back and forth about the any questions I had, and you guys just gave me, and I put them in a doc, and I've kept them, and I, I refer to them all the time. And then I, I take notes. If I, if I remember to take notes when you guys like make offhand comments about things about your characters. There, there are some times also where Micah will have a question and we can't directly ask <laughs> yeah. you because we don't want to spoil anything. So uh. he'll send me questions before the episode. Like if you can somehow work these questions in to fill in the blanks. Oh, mm. interesting. So well, you're, detective you're, work. Yeah, Mining. So, so sometimes I'll ask questions that may seem like only tangentially related or a weird question to follow up with it's because like i know micah needs this bit of information so i'm trying to Man, get I it need out. To do a third listen through <laughs> so you're mining backstory right whenever we don't even realize well it's because we're i mean there is you talk about there was a degree of prep but also we're like we're making stuff up constantly i also like 
I guess I don't really listen to many D&D podcasts or like I've never played D&D before this. Um, but I'm also curious if if campaigns typically deal with the arcs having to do with the characters and their backstories or if it's just like you're a group of people and this is the situation you're yeah, finding yourself in. They have like yeah. even like homebrew stuff typically does. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Homebrew stuff like, for example, Adventure Zone mm. definitely had stuff oh, that, that right. did that, you know. What a great show. So, yeah, it's not abnormal. I mean, it's just sure. it's a source of story. I just feel like it's a really unique take on a campaign. To yeah, have it's it be fun. like so ingrained in like the characters itself and their backstories and stuff. And yeah. Yeah. But I've also played plenty of campaigns where you let the character or let the players tell the character story and you don't necessarily have to explore it in the campaign. You yeah. know, it can be like real high fantasy. You go storm a castle, save a empire, what like all that normal stuff. And then uh, the backstory is just filled in, you know, in the downtime, just like in the, in the chit chat. Yep. So it can, it can definitely go either way. But yeah, to answer the question, like, yeah, if Kyber's backstory had been different, yeah, the arc would have been completely different. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I gave a pretty thorough write-up of what I wanted it to be. I remember that episode is Between the Tales, and I had a song that would not play for whatever reason. Oh, yeah, I remember that. You were, like, giving a backstory of something, and you're like, all right, Kyborg is an end. And he was trying to play it over, like, a Google And then you stop, you're like, can you guys hear that? And we're like, no, not really. You start over again. I'm going to the files, play them individually in three, two, one, go. Everyone, set your watches and start playing on two minutes, two seconds. It was a good song was anymore for the group which personality trait of your characters is the most fun to role play and why Ooh. oh i'm sorry that was from american wastelander okay that's a good question oh um man it's hard to choose with bart i've always been a fan of like being a problem solver in games and like trying to be very uh you know investigatory and uh perceptive in things and like figure out clues and piece things together but i also like i'm just kind of leaning into the whole stereotype of bards and like them being really charismatic and flirty and stuff like that and i just love the idea of this like tiny little red-headed guy who's like super beefy and charming uh <laughs> just like being into like everyone and everything yeah. that comes by it's just it's just a fun little role play to do so i really like that mm. we all love that about bart <laughs> i like gum gum's just earnestness mm -hmm. like and it's fun to play so I think of it as a wide-eyed wonder. <laughs> like everything's like, like I, I I get the earnestness, but I think more of like like pure. Like wow, yeah. yeah like yeah, seeing the yeah. world for the first time, like this is amazing. Devoid like kind of, of thing. cynicism. Yeah. 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 Gum gum is closer to Chris what your previous character was. You had a, another character who oh, was man. Lunko. Really, Lunko, and he's uh -huh. like mean and he's like conniving. And like really greedy and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Very different. But like gumbo gum gum is like a really like yeah, that's Chris. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe there's like, I think it's it's sometimes it's hard to like have a, a situation and then wanting to approach it more like cynical or more like analytical, but like, no, no, Gum Gum can't do that. <laughs> like, he wouldn't think that, yeah. he, you know? And that's I don't know, it's, it's fun to like force yourself to like, I say constraints, but it's really just like a character. Yeah. Yeah, I played with a, a campaign one time where I had a friend who had, he would roll a D20 and use an intelligence check every time. He would, like, if he wanted to solve a puzzle, like you were saying, oh, Bart, wow. like, he'd be like, what would my character know this? And he would roll it and he would, he would go by that. Wow. Mm -hmm. oh. That's real, like, commitment <laughs> to the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like, I, I agree. I think it's fun to play into a role like that. I just like Kyborg because his entire personality is just being the muscle guy. And ooh, look at me. That's, that's all I have to contribute. And that's just like me, you know? 
(laughs) (laughs) People really love Kyborg. Like, I feel like that's, it's one of the most beloved characters of the whole campaign. He's definitely one of the top four. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I like, I I just think you, you're, you're very funny. And I think like, I love the balance that Kyborg brings where it's like, yeah, he is very boisterous and showy and muscly, but like, I don't know. There's also a sensitive side there. And I think like his whole backstory was a really highlight piece of the arc. The thing I love most about Kyborg is like he puts on the, the, the smallest, lightest facade of like, I'm a tough guy. I don't want to show my emotions. <laughs> but deep down inside, he's like a complex, just like nerves, ball of nerves and, and all these things that he's so always just trying you. to hide. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. just describing <laughs> yourself, yeah. Blaine. Yeah, no, and I like that. It's, it's a way for me to be able to like express that aspect of me. But Kyborg's fun. got down to that ball of mud there what about mud um i like playing mud in the way that i play video games sometimes where i love playing things with a level of unpredictability Mm. a little bit of chaos uh, a little bit of like throwing a wrench in the system throwing 60 birds into the system yeah i mean really <laughs> it's not how i actually approach life at all i'm a very methodical mm. and planned person i follow the rules to too far of an extent sometimes um and so it's fun to you know in a world where it doesn't matter if i you know go a little chaotic you know in the grand scheme of things it's fun to do that you know like mm-hmm. for example like drink the potion a lot of that's yeah you play that in video games even in multiplayer mm-hmm. games you're like you'll be, be like no john no <laughs> yeah yeah you'll just be like <laughs> don't do it john mischievous yeah it's it's fun because like like it keeps everyone on his toes it does it i think there's a level of unpredictability that that offers up a lot of improv opportunities um and creativity within like you know a respect i still try to keep it within a respectable range of not just like you know saying effort and just doing whatever i want well yeah. that's something i i do appreciate about having john here is like i feel like he and i typically are like let's figure this out and like you guys are just like banging trash cans and yeah. stuff so having a uh, someone else on my side I'm like no let's the dichotomy of of mud is let's go to the next room and proceed forward. And then also like, I turn into a plesiosaurus and swim (laughs) under everything. Yep. So there's that. I like it. Good balance. So I do have one more listener submitted question I want to get to, but before I get to that, I don't know if I've ever asked this on Mike to blame. This is a question for me. Why is it that Kyborg always wants to go like why Blaine as a player, do you like Kyborg always going in one direction? Going left. Yeah. Oh, because no, he even did that in Survive Block slapped, Island. John just slapped his arm. I did actually tear my bicep, and then I was no. I thought it was Kyborg's <laughs> lack of arm. No, uh, that was my reasoning in game. I just do that in real life. Uh, I'm mixed handed, and I don't know that you're always presented with forks in the road, and like I'm very bad at decision making. So sometimes I'll just blindly say, "Let's just go left." Hmm. I've always done that. If I'm like coming up to a turn, like a literal turnpike, and I'm like, I'm not sure which way uh, left. <laughs> it's just easy it's just easy for me to make that decision the reason i ask is i in, in real life i kind of adopt a similar philosophy uh-huh. but with me <laughs> it's because of theseus in the the labyrinth of crete when uh-huh. he fought the minotaur that's the way he defeated the maze he held on to he one held on to one wall uh knowing huh. that if you enter a maze and you follow one wall you'll always 
reach the exit eventually. It might not be the most direct way, but you eventually reach it. So I read that when I was like a young kid. I thought that was a really cool way to approach a puzzle. It's like it stuck with me throughout the years. And I wondered if you thought the same thing. You want to know something funny? You're talking about mazes and stuff like that. Uh, We did a show, not to plug a different show that we do, uh, called Survive Block Island, where it's Survivor in Minecraft. And there was... Uh, one of the final challenges was a series of mazes that we all had to get through to collect something and then leave the maze oh, and go yeah. to the next one. I was using that method of like oh, always yeah. sticking to one side of the wall and it bit me in the ass. Yeah. No. So <laughs> the thing, I never, I, I don't think complete the, the one thing, maze. It, that the, works if the maze stays. Right, if the, if you're in real <laughs> yeah. life. Yeah. It doesn't work if there's a transforming maze yeah. or if there's like teleportation. Like mm. in D&D, it doesn't always work. They'd be like, well, the, oh, you get yeah. teleported behind yourself. The one I was using was a, it was a maze completely made out of glass. Yeah. And so you couldn't tell where. And so I'm just like, I'm just going to, I'm so, I'm having a panic attack. The walls were essentially (laughs) invisible. Yeah. The last question uh, that we'll get to here is submitted by Jared Warsoff at Resonator, who writes, as a musician, I'm very curious to hear more about Micah's process for composing the music for the show. Where do you draw inspiration from? How long does it take for each piece, et cetera? Oh, man. Music is, because I, like you guys alluded to, I have three roles in the show. It's writing, editing, and music. And music is the thing I most enjoy in life. Mm. It's always what I've, I've wanted to do when I've discovered it. So like, yeah, I have plenty of inspiration. All the film composers that you you probably know in, in movies, like John Williams. I was telling John the other day, I was listening to a, a classical station online and they started playing the theme from Hook, the movie Hook. Oh. And it's John Williams. And I was like, oh, man, it's so good. I was like, wait why are they playing hook? Like, this is a classical station. They usually play like, you know, 1800s or 1700s. And I was like, is, is John Williams dead? Like, no. <laughs> so I was like, look at it really quick. But anyways, yeah, I listen to a lot of stuff and I went to school for music. Like, it's really what I've enjoyed the most learning about. And um, for like the show, each piece is unique. Yeah. When the songs kind of came up as they came up, like I kind of leaned into what the overall tone of y'all's characters uh, like in the moment, I think we were talking about Gum Gum's Wake Up earlier. Like I wanted to be very like simple, like hardly any boisterousness to mm-hmm. it because like Gum Gum likes the drum. So I had like a drum, like <laughs> little, little, little lute that plays because Bart's a uh, close friend. And like the same thing with, with Kyborg's. Kyborg's like going to be big and brassy, but it's also got some sweet and tender notes when his mom, when he meets his mom. <sighs> so like, yeah, I wanted it to be kind of playing to each character. It's so good. I, I threw on the soundtrack from arc one when I was reading. I, sometimes like when I read books, I like to just have some like mm-hmm. yeah. fantasy Light. music playing. Yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes I put on like a uh, Skyrim soundtrack music, yeah. but mm-hmm. like I put on the D, uh, the Tales from the Stinky Dragon soundtrack and just like listen to my book. And it's funny because whenever I listen to the music and and one of the like character songs come on where you're actually singing in it. Every time I'm around some someone from Rooster Teeth and they're hearing that song or any song without fail, someone goes, is that John? <laughs> no, it's his brother. <laughs> yeah. Micah and I are very different in many ways, you know, shape, size, sound, uh, interest and that kind of thing. But every once in a while, like the Reisinger man's voice. Yeah. You guys have like yeah, an underlying kind of tone. It really comes through. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's just very, we have to be doing very specific things well, and then people we, like make yeah. that connection. We did like a little short podcast at one point. And, we did do. And like, yeah, we had to make sure, because I, I made sure that his voice was a lot bassier than mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a cartoon podcast called Toon Crunch. Oh, nice. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's very yeah. cool. 
I thought you guys hated each other. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, uh, let's go ahead and wrap up this episode of Between the Tales. We'll be back next time with a brand new episode. It'll be the beginning of the next arc. We're going to find out what's going on, where everyone's going to be headed to and uh, peeling back the onion of mystery. Ooh. Join us on the subreddit. Enjoy the, the new soundtrack on Spotify and all streaming platforms and tell your grandma about the podcast. Oh, and Christmas coming up. If you want the Christmas presents, uh, get some Sneaky Dragon merch <laughs> for yourself or yeah. other people. No, just for yourself. Treat yourself. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.